0: Good morning, I'm Walter Spires. I'm delighted to be here with you this morning. Bring God's Word and continue this series. with We started last week called The Rainbow Belongs to God, and indeed it does. The rainbow belongs to God. It's interesting how sometimes this happens, and it happened in a huge way this week. I, I had the message outlined, as I usually do, and then go back and fill in the blanks of the different verses, that's sort of how I have written over the years, how I feel like the Holy Spirit guides me to do that, whether it was writing one of my books or messages. And all of a sudden it was redirected to what we're going to talk about today. And I guess I'll finish up, the. I'll, I'll do the other one next week as we continue in this series, The Rainbow Belongs to God. But the word was changed very clearly to this pride agenda versus God's agenda. Just down the street here, uh, you could walk down there. They've been having this Pride Festival week of all the people here who belong to, or or, or I should say identify with the um, community of all the different letters and symbols, and I can't keep them straight, and I'm not being disrespectful. I think they are, but um, we're going to get into that in terms of talking about pride today and what God intended, and we'll talk about uh, the rest of it next week, as we continue in this series during this month, it's called Pride Month. Uh, Holy Spirit directed me to talk about pride and the devastating consequences that come along with that. So before we get into it, let me pray a sin. Father God, thank you for your word. Your word is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And we're thankful that we have it here with us today. I'm thankful to be able to study it and teach it. i just thrills my heart every time, and it's so rich for us to learn to understand more about you and more about what you intended for us, and mostly how you saved us by your love, your just wonderful, wonderful love through the Lord Jesus Christ and his, his uh, life, his death, his resurrection. And so, Lord, guide us now and help us to, to absorb what it is you have for us as we talk about this uh, issue of pride. In Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. It's interesting that pride is talked about so often throughout the Bible. I'm going to begin today kind of toward the end of the Bible and then come back to the very beginning. Because I want you to see something here. When we're talking about sin, just sin in general, one of the uh, key verses, perhaps the key verse on that is in 1 John 2:15 uh, and 16. And the Apostle John writing, he wrote late in his life, way after everyone else who was home with the Lord, he was an old man, and he wrote the three epistles. He wrote the Gospel of John, the three epistles, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the the Revelation. But in 1st John 2, he gives us this insight into how the Lord, the Holy Spirit, looked at sin. And so he said this, he was instructing again the people, he called them little children sometimes the churches he had started, the Christians, he was an old man again, so everybody could have been a child from a child to someone even my age. Uh, He said this, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. For if if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And so here's where he does this. He gives us three categories, if you will, three groupings of the types of sin that cover all the sins in the world. He said, For all that is in the world, And he goes, and here's the first one the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. Pride of life. Pride is one of the three categories of sin. He goes on to say that for all that's in the world is not from the Father, but is from the world. So everything to do with pride, this kind of boastful, sinful pride, is from the world, is not of the Father. The Father God is not in it. The Holy Spirit is not in it. And it is sin. It's its own category of sin. We know what the lust of the flesh is. It tends to be mostly physical, sexual sin, attractions. We know lust of the eyes is, I want that. I want that. I got to have that more, more, more. Give me more. And then the boastful pride of life. So let's get into that. First and foremost, and we talked about this Several weeks ago now in that last series, and I encourage you to go, go get that, read it, catch up with it, watch it, listen to it. Uh, you can do it on onlyjesus.life. That's the website. You can get them all there. You can go to the YouTube channel, Only Jesus Walter Spires, and watch the videos. The Anchor Spotify channel has all the podcasts, the audio versions, but you can get all of them at the website, onlyjesus.life. So, okay. not, not a commercial, just helping you find this information that you really need to stay uh, up with as we go through these series it was called um, deliver us from the evil one and it was a five-part series talking about where evil came from the origin of Satan the origin of angels demons but but we talked about this where the origin of evil came from what that original sin was not what some call the original sin but the original sin which occurred in heaven it occurred in heaven before the earth was even formed into what we know today and so Lucifer in heaven, and we, we looked at those verses that was called Lucifer before he was called Satan and the devil later on throughout the Bible, and especially by Jesus himself. His name was Lucifer, and it's referred to that in Isaiah. There's two passages we studied, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. I don't want to get bogged down in those today because we have a lot to cover, but you can go back and watch that message, and you can also look these passages up for yourself. So from Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. I just pulled out a few of the excerpts. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. The King James Version calls him Lucifer, son of the morning. You've said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Okay. In Ezekiel 28, similar things describing a king, but mostly describing Satan lucifer in that before he was cast out of heaven so he's lucifer not satan and the description is clearly him and not the king it says you were the anointed cherub a cherub is a type of angel a special type of angel powerful it Says you covers I, I established you this is god speaking you are on the holy mountain of god you walk back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones has something to do with things in heaven that we don't understand. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created, what? Until iniquity, sin was found in you, and it was that sin of what? Pride, because it said up here, I want to be like God. In fact, I want to be exalted above God. That's the sin of pride. So the original sin before the world even was formed, our world, our earth, was pride, Lucifer pride, and that's why he was cast out of heaven and took the third of the angels with him, as we're told in the book of Revelation, okay? So that's the original sin. Well, having been cast down to earth, as we can see in Genesis 2 and 3, where this pride comes in again, and pride is the original sin before the earth was swarmed, Lucifer, pride in his own pride, trying to be greater than God, then that same sin is and he's and by the way when he's when he's when he comes to earth he's called satan and the devil which means what deceiver and accuser but satan the accuser and the devil is a liar the father of lies we get into the garden of eden now and god has created adam and he said to him in genesis 2 from any tree of the garden you may eat freely you can have it all but from this one tree, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For on the day that you eat of it, you will certainly die. You will certainly die. This is in Genesis two sixteen seventeen. 16, 17. Now, t- t- turn the page in Genesis 3. Woman has been created. And by the way, she wasn't called Eve until after the fall and all this stuff. So the woman was created because man, it said man is not, it's not good for man to be alone. He needs a helper, someone to come alongside him. God created Eve out of the side of man, the rib. But now we get there and we see that the serpent said to the woman, the serpent, which was Satan, embodying the serpent. We know that because in Revelation, Jesus says that very specifically. He says the devil, the serpent of old, Satan, that's who he's talking about. So we know some say that that's not what it is, but it's clear from Revelation. It's exactly who it is. And the serpent said to the woman, has God really said you shall not eat from the from any tree of the garden? And we go on to say, you know, she says, oh, no, that's not that. He said "He said this, and she repeated what God had said to Adam, which because she wasn't around then. And Adam said to her, and so Satan starts twisting the words. And he said, well, you surely won't die, because God knows on the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you'll become like God. You see, that's what Satan wanted all along. He wanted to be like God. Now he's tempting Eve by saying, listen, if you eat that fruit, it's is beautiful, beautiful fruit. Uh, if you eat it, you'll be like God. You'll be like God. This is pride. OK, that is a pride. You'll know good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was beautiful, delightful to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. Right. To make one wise. She took some of the fruit and ate it and gave it to her husband and he ate it as well. And so that is the sinful pride, the sin of pride in action they're demonstrated. So the very first sin, Lucifer, pride in heaven, the first sin of man that destroyed mankind, destroyed our earth. The broken, fallen world of Genesis 3 is also pride. Well, let's keep going. Let's go all the way through the New Testament now. I'm just the Old Testament into the New Testament. There's so much you could cover on this. I'm, I'm highlighting these for you today. So that I don't um, it doesn't take too much time. But these are the salient and most important ones, I think. So we've seen where those two first sins of pride come from. We get into G- before Jesus ministry and we get into Matthew, the book of Matthew in the New Testament. We go through at the birth of Christ in Matthew one and two and Matthew three, four. We get into the baptism of, of Jesus by John the Baptist. It talks some about John the Baptist before then. When Jesus comes up out of the water, then it says that the Holy Spirit leads him into the desert, leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Those are the words. It's really interesting. And the three temptations that Jesus was tempted with by Satan uh, were just like those sins. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, those three categories. In Matthew 4, 5, and 7, we read this. Then the devil took him along on the, up into the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, the very top and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Just throw yourself. Just jump. Just jump because it's written. And this is in Psalm. He will give his angels orders concerning you and on their hands. They will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against the stone. Just just test it. test. Just jump out there and see. God's not going to let that happen. Satan using scripture to tempt Jesus, to throw it back at him. Really clever, really wily. That's, the, that's who our, our deceiver, our enemy is. And he tempted Jesus and said, listen, just jump. Just jump and let them come down and rescue you. Just like, just like the, the word of God says in the Psalms. That's a sin of pride. That I'd be prideful enough to think, well, I'm important enough that if I jump, God's not going to let anything happen to me. But rather than taking the bait, rather than taking the bait, Jesus said to Satan, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. That's pride. Testing God, saying, God, I I know better than you do. Why aren't you answering this prayer? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? It gives the, even though we probably don't think it in our hearts, but it gives the appearance of pride. And if if Jesus said, well, fine, I'm just going to jump out there and watch what happens watch what happens. I'm so important. I'm the son of God. I'm Jesus. When I do that, angels are going to whoosh down from heaven and grab me before I hit the ground. Because it's been said that I wouldn't have a foot hit the ground or be harmed at all. And he said, that's pride. Jesus told Satan, that is pride. And it's where you shall not tempt the Lord, your God. He's God and we're not. He's God and we're not. Okay. So I hope you see that before creation and the fall of creation, was at the sor- pride was at the source of those sins. And one of the sins that Satan tried to get Jesus to fall so that he could not be our Messiah, if he fell on any one of those temptations, he would be disqualified because he could not be that perfect lamb of God. Because it says that Jesus was tested in all ways just like we are, Yet without sin, he didn't fall. He didn't go for it. He didn't exhibit the pride. There's a couple of verses in Proverbs that I think are important for us. And when you, if you read through the Proverbs, and one way to do it, I was taught years ago. I don't do it as much anymore. Perhaps I should get back to that. Is you know, if you want to get in the Scripture, you can read a proverb of the day. Right? There's 31 proverbs and 30 days in month. 31 days and some months. That will get you through and get you into some of the wisdom. There's different things in the Proverbs. Uh, Some are easy to understand. Some are a little more confusing and have to do with the culture. And if you have a good study Bible, some will help you explain those notes. You can also read five Psalms a day. That would be 150 Psalms in a 30-day month. And that's how people, that's how when I was a young believer, someone taught me that, and I'm sure it's been around for a long time. That will get you through the Proverbs and the Psalms in one month reading five psalms a day and one proverb. And the five psalms a day isn't usually very difficult until you get to Psalm 119, and it's really, 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 really long. So anyway, so here we going to Proverbs 16. I've got two verses I want to share with you regarding pride. First one about pride. And many of you know this. If you've been around the Bible and church, you know this verse in Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction. I think the old King James says, pride goes before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty or proud spirit before a fall. Okay. Pride goes before destruction, that haughty, prideful spirit before a fall. In other words, nothing good comes out of this kind of sinful pride. Nothing good. There's a warning here. God used him to warn us to say, listen, nothing good about pride. It caused the fall of, of a, the angels and messed up God's creation, in that original war in heaven, if you will, and then the, the the destruction of the world and mankind and God's perfect plan. And as it continues on in our lives, pride can destroy us as well. It can can destroy us as well. One of the things that we see, and I I saw some things. In a, I believe, I guess it was on a YouTube video, so it was, it wasn't current news. It was in a few days, and it was out at Dodger Stadium. And many of you may have seen this. And if you you haven't, you really should, because it's the most shocking mockery. I, I was so shocked when I saw it. I'm surprised that Dodger Stadium didn't cave in on everybody there. Just, just, I mean, like when Samson brought the house down, it was the most unbelievable mockery. And abomination and blasphemy that I have ever seen and can't imagine that any human being would do except that perhaps they are possessed by a demon or Satan guiding in himself because that's the world we live in. We talked about the demonic realm and Satan's power and influence over the world. Jesus called him the he's the, the prince of this world, the ruler of this world. Satan has dominion over this world. Don't forget that, Christian. Don't forget that. Most of what's going on in this world is demonic. It's satanically controlled because it's a result of the sin. And we talked about that before. Go back and watch that and read it. You need to know that. You need to keep it in the forefront of your mind when you go, what in the world is going on? Well, this group, and I don't remember the name of the group, but they intentionally go around. It's the sisters or something or whatever. And it's a bunch of, I think it's men and they're in a trans state and all the things we'll talk about next time. And they are just mocking God. They have Jesus hanging. They have a man hanging on the cross, mocking the crucifixion, mocking Jesus. I am telling you, it is the most horrible, horrific thing I have ever seen in all of my years in my life. As someone would do that out in public and that that a, a professional sports team like the Dodgers, someone goes California where there's so much of this where it's, a lot of it started would allow this to happen. You have to believe there are Christians on that team and people would step up and say, I'm not playing tonight. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be any part of this. I'm not even going to be in the stadium when this is going on, lest the Lord God himself send fire down and consume it. Because he's done that before when there was such sin in mocking God. It was unbelievable mockery. And I encourage you to go see it for yourselves just to see What is going on in our world today, the the depth to which it has sunk, and the and the uh, agenda not just the agenda, but the fervor with which the demonic realm has stirred things up. Why is that? We talked about it before, I'll talk about it in later. It is because we are approaching the last days. All this stuff hits this furied peak when we begin to really get into the last days. For the rapture of the church, hallelujah for that. We can't wait. But then the tribulation that will be unbelievable and unbearable. And it's a different story. In Proverbs 14, 19, talking about mocking, it says that fools mock at sin. Fools. Fools. But with the upright, there is favor. Fools mock sin. In other words, mocking sin is a foolish act of pride. You don't think anything's going to happen to you. Come on, God, if you're really there. I'm going to read you some verses here from Peter in a minute that kind of speak to that. They don't think anything's going on. They don't believe in God. (laughs) They say, look at what's going on in this world. There's no God. All this stuff's gone on forever. All these horrible things have happened in our lifetime. Go way, way back to just the last century, this century. Uh, the centuries before you had slavery and you had World Wars One and Two and all of the wars and all the stuff going on and horrible, awful things going on. I'm mostly demonically driven, by the way, satanically driven. Mocking God is one of the foolish, foolish or mocking sin, I should say. Now let's talk about mocking God. Because as we look at these things, someone like me who's a Bible teacher and evangelist wants to warn these people wants to warn these people in Galatians 6. Paul did in 7, verses 7 and 8. He said, don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. Don't be fooled. Even Christians, don't be deceived about this stuff. God is not mocked. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, and that's what they're doing, will reap corruption. And we're going to see what comes out of that, what he means by corruption. That ultimate judgment and corruption. But don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. All these people doing these things down the street here and the gay festival thing they've been having and all this stuff going on all over this country, especially. that The United States is sort of a seat of the pit of the perversion and the sin and the depth that we've sunk to in our world and culture. It is. It's unbelievable. And we'll talk more about that next week. But Christian, don't be deceived. And sinner, uh, whatever letter, symbol represents you there, don't be deceived. Don't think you're getting away with something. God is not mocked, He is not mocked. Which leads me into the last point here judgment awaits. Judgment awaits those who will not repent of these lifestyles and this pride. Pride is a sin. Pride is a sin. All of us have been guilty of pride at some point in our lives. We have. Christian, we still struggle with pride today. Pride is an easy one to fall into. And so we have to be mindful of that. And the Holy Spirit is faithful to convict us of our sin. And we know that what John also said is that he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. What if we confess them? And pride is among them. And pride is among them. Because judgment waits for the prideful who will, will, will flaunt it in front of God as they are doing and, and refuse to repent. What sin? What sin? You have no business judging me and calling me a sinner because we are called everything under the sun now, words I don't even know what they mean. In 2 Peter 3, I'm going to read this passage, verses 3 to 7. Peter, I mean, honed in on right where we are today, and he wrote it, Thousands of years ago, and so he probably thought it was going on then because it was perverse then. It's so much more perverse today and evil and wicked. So Peter said this first. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts. Huh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? And saying, now here's the saying what they're saying, what I said a minute ago, where's the promise of his coming, meaning Jesus? Where is that promise? He didn't come. And for us, we'd say, they'd say to us, right, it's been 2,000 years, where is he? He not coming, you're making it all up. For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, and by the water, through which the world was in later at that time, was destroyed by water with a flood. Noah's day. talk about the days of Noah next time. But by his word, the word of God, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for what? In other words, God's holding on to it for one reason, for fire because judgment is coming. Fire kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men and women, okay? That's where we are. In the last days, mockers will come with their mocking. And I want to read One more verse in that passage, 2 Peter 3, verse 10. I didn't print it out on my notes. Mocking is a sign. There are no greater symbols and signs of pride and mocking than what we see today. Even in our little town here, little Franklin, Tennessee, every town, the major cities, you can see how devastated they are. You can see how... That what the demonic realm looks like, crime everywhere, destruction, uh, just reckless destruction of property, stores shutting down, areas that used to be vibrant centers for shopping and business and things are closed, and people moving out. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. We're waiting on the rapture to come and Christ to take us out of this before that horrible, awful tribulation mocking in the last days mockers will come with their mocking following after their own lust and at verse 10 i read you for i read you second peter 3 3 through 7 verse 10 says but the day of the lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and here it is and the elements will be destroyed with fire intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up okay so the reference here to fire and judgment is that there's the judgment of hell because fire, hell is fire, right? It is that fire is that burning, that eternal fire and flame that never goes out. and The suffering never stops. So that's what Jesus said. Those are his words, not mine. But the heavens and earth themselves will be consumed by fire at the second coming, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem. I talked about that some few weeks ago as well. So don't don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. God is not mocked and judgment will come on those who maintain this pride, this boastful pride, and shake their fist and flaunt it before the holy God, our creator, and spit in his face and mock him. And unless there is repentance, they will experience this fire, this eternal fire. For life forever and I will speak to that again in just a minute when I get to the invitation but I want to close with the opposite of this humility the opposite of pride is humility and you know those verses in peace for 1st Peter 5 5 he said God is opposed to the proud we just talked about that in this message but he gives grace to the humble to the humble it says humble yourselves before the Lord God right that you may be exalted exalted in due time. Jesus said the same thing about humility. He said he described himself as I am humble and gentle. He used one, one of the two words he ever used in scripture. He only used two words, two adjectives to describe himself ever in the New Testament. I'm humble and gentle. Humility was one of those. But he said this, he warned this about humility versus pride. He said whoever exalts himself or is prideful will be humbled the hard way. God will do the humbling. But whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Remember when the disciples are fighting over who's going to be the greatest in heaven? <laughs> the pride battle going on there. And Jesus takes the child and says, unless you receive me in this kingdom like a little child, just humble and, and gentle and wanting to learn and just eyes wide open, loving, receptive. Unless you go, go from your prideful, ridiculous state of wanting who's going to be the greatest to this little child you're not gonna even make it you won't be there because you've got this boastful pride of life this third category of sin consuming you and you don't get it you don't get it and so that final demonstration of humility for his disciples and those of us who are Christians today in Philippians 2:7, the Apostle Paul who was humbled physically and, and overtly more than anyone else in Scripture wrote this, being found in appearance as a man. We saw him as a man. This man, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, to death, obeyed the Father all the way to death, humbled himself to say, not my will, but yours be done. That was his prayer in the garden, humbled himself to death. And then he goes on to say, even death on a cross, because it was the most horrific form of death in the history of mankind that we know of. Crucifixion. Jesus humbled himself to death just to be obedient to his Father. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Christian, let me speak to you first. If you are struggling with areas of pride in your life, I deserve that. I should have had that. That should be mine. Or you're testing God on things. Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? Uh, if If you think you're more than you should be, not getting what you deserve, all those things, that is sinful pride. And I'm not the Holy Spirit. but Let the Holy Spirit speak to me to you right now to say you need to get on your face and confess your sins because you know that you will be forgiven. But pride can consume us as Christians as well and get in the way of our testimonies get in the way of anyone wanting to know the reason for the hope that we have, if we're full of pride, that won't happen. They'll say, well, you're just as prideful and arrogant as anybody else. Why in the world would I look to you for counsel or comfort? And the answer is they will not. They will not. So get on your face and confess your sin of the pride of your life and lay it out there and humble yourself before the holy, Holy God, in the name of our risen Savior, you know that he died for you. You know all that. You've received him as your Savior. Humble yourself and beg forgiveness. Beg His forgiveness because of the sins of pride in your life that have taken you away from or steered you in a wrong direction away from your walk with the Lord, and they've interrupted and broken that fellowship. Confess that sin of pride today and get back on the right track humility. God honors humility and the humble. He gives more grace not to the prideful. My final word is this. I have no idea who will watch this, who will see this, who might read the notes when they're posted. I don't know. Every week I come and teach, preach, pour out what the Holy Spirit's poured through me to from his word. It's not mine, his word. And, and if you are watching this today and you're one of these people who has adopted these lifestyles or you're part of one of those letters or symbols, all those things right down the street and all the places all over our world and especially in our nation, I, I want to just tell you that pride as you've seen will get you hell it does it does and so stop mocking god stop disobeying god through the mockery and the prideful sins and and repent that's what jesus said he came and he said repent his first words of his ministry like john the baptist "Will repent he said again repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand he said repent i came to call sinners to repentance. You're one of those I was too. I'm not calling you anything that I am not myself or was not before I surrendered my life to Christ and was born again, as he told Nicodemus. And so I'm pleading with you today to do that. Because you see what happens if you continue on. There is judgment standing there because God is not mocked. God is not mocked. The sin of pride will bring you down and get you hell. It will. If you stay there, if you remain there, It will. You will find that judgment, that fire, and it is eternal. But the good news is, the good news is that God who loves you doesn't want that for you. God who loves you sent Jesus to die for you to cleanse you, your sins, as well as mine. Yours are no greater than mine or anyone else's. But there's a difference. Mine are confessed and forgiven and yours are not. And so I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you right now. If you see this, just understand how much God loves you. And Christ is the ultimate manifestation of that love of God. Don't go defining God's love as as tolerance or allowing you to do whatever you want because you think this is who God created you to be and all these different things we'll talk about next week. I'm telling you no. I'm telling you no. That God sent me to say he loves you and Christ died for you. And there is one way, as he said in John 14:6, one way to him, only one way. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here's the key. No one comes to the Father. I mean, no one gets to heaven, gets salvation, except through me. I don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you the truth. Because God told me to tell you that truth. Father God, thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And I pray that someone somewhere who's receiving this, watching it, hearing it, reading it, however they receive it, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is bringing that conviction of the sin and the understanding of the amazing love and the grace and the mercy extended only because of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, somebody's receiving it right now because they repented of these sins and re- and they just. Just beg you to save them through the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Oh, Lord God, would you do that today? Would you do that today? In the mighty matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you and have a great week. To learn more about how you can become a Christian or grow in your walk with the Lord and receive freely of all the biblically-based content we have created or donate to help keep this ministry going strong, go to onlyjesus.life. That's OnlyJesus.life.